Where is this guy? I've really been hoping to interview him. Have you seen his Rate My Professor page? It's all stuff like he's chill and so intelligent and one of the best engineering professors I've ever had. I did not get the date wrong. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. Oh. 1.21 You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hey, podcast people. It's old Jer. That's right. Jeremy Henderson, communications and marketing specialist within the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm your, uh, the host of the co-host of the uh, award-winning Hashtag Ginning. You know it. You love it. Joined as always by old White Shoes Wonder, Austin Phillips. You've been rocking those uh, those pearly whites down there for a while now. The Cohans, man. The Cohans? Yeah. I, I, I bought most Nikes, but... Danny taught me into you these. You splurged on so, these, though. Yeah, they, they were pretty were, penny, they are, weren't they? Yeah, they're yeah, pretty but they're good. worth it, I guess. You got to kick where you white kicks, yeah. right? <laughs> Johnny Sluice back over here, twisting the knobs and breaking hearts. Uh, you know, we, we talk about fashion sometimes. He and I are just <laughs> twinning it John, up today. yeah. You don't want to dress like Jer. I, I mean, come on. I mean, gray slacks. <laughs> hey, but you don't have your orange shirt on today, Jer. Congratulations. Well, well somebody body guess, shamed me out of it, so that's pretty cool. It's Thursday, uh, so you don't wear it on Thursday. <laughs> Uh, joined uh, today by a very special guest, uh, Mark Hoffman, assistant uh, professor of mechanical engineering, uh, Auburn University, of course. Uh, Mark, thanks a ton for uh, taking the time with us. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys having me. It's good times. I know. I'm, uh, I am pumped. Let's talk about you. I mean, what's going on over there in, uh, in Wiggins? Oh, uh, man. We got so much stuff going on. We can't even see straight over there. It's a good well, time. Well, you, I'm going to go down. I wanted to do a couple of things with this one. Let's, let's look at the research interests. We got our internal combustion engines. We got low temperature combustion, alternative fuels, heat transfer, thermal barrier coatings. Which one of these truly has your heart? Oh, well, it's got to be got to be advanced combustion. I mean, that's my training, heart and soul, 20 years experience in it now. Of course, uh, it might not be the most popular topic if you listen to the people on the news, but uh, I think it'll be important for a little while now still. So. Yeah, the combustion. Yeah, it's a fun. I, engines. Engines are fascinating. I mean, how did we first even get into that? Like, because if I understand it correctly, it's explosions within like, how did how did we first start doing that? I mean, like our whole a, job is, a, is just to make sure we don't have parts flying when we well, do it, right? I, I so. just don't understand how any of this happens. Like, the way the world works, the way this sounds, I mean, I just, it's fascinating sometimes. Even the, even the stuff we just completely take for granted. Well, we've kind of come full circle. I mean, some of the first cars were electric cars, right? And then, uh, you know, we moved away toward internal combustion for some of the same problems that we're still seeing, right? It was uh, range, rechargeability, etc. So then they moved on when engines became a big hit and uh, the electric vehicles died off for a long time. Battery technology had to really take a new renaissance. And then uh, here we are again. So, you know, it's that old adage, right? Back then, the poor people had the horses and rich people had the cars and now it's vice versa. Well, and the way these things keep going in full circle of, you know, the combustion engine being being bad for the environment or this or that, but yet we're mining all these minerals and things to make these batteries, which if one of these batteries catches on fire, good luck putting them out. Um, and you got to get that electricity from somewhere. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is what what is what is making that electricity. Sure. So yeah. the way we just go in a circle around these things, it, it, it is, but... 
a big fan of the combustion engine. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch like the environmental protection agencies continued focus on just you know tailpipe emissions. Uh, and realistically, we've got to kind of move away from that and go into kind of a whole life cycle analysis, cradle to grave, include recycling and reusing, but mining of basic minerals. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, there's well, there's, there's a, stu- there's a really. study uh, out this week that says that electric vehicles are worse on the roads. Absolutely. Uh, out of England. terms yeah. on the asphalt, then are combustible cars. Our boys at NCAT are going to be happy to hear that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Wait, exactly. What, That's the first thing I thought about. Hey, what makes them worse on the road? They're so heavy. Yeah. yeah. Really? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even your average passenger car that gets converted to electric, uh, by the time you add the battery weight in, you might be adding another 500 kilograms. So well, I better never get an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, there'll be oh, sinkholes left and right. Yeah, Fred Flintstone out there. Uh, let's talk about how, how'd you come to Auburn? How'd oh man, it's been. You're uh, a Michigan man, aren't I you? I am a Michigan man. It's been a pretty circuitous. Go Big Blue. He, he just he was like, I love Big Blue. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can I can still shout the same things from the top <laughs> yeah, of the rooftops, right? Go. Although we didn't have Eagles up there, so it's a little different. Right. But no, it's. Uh, I mean, I went to Michigan because I wanted to work in automotive. Um, ended up at uh, Clemson for a little while at their automotive research center. And then, man, Auburn just made me an offer I can't refuse. So Boy, came on down here, and I could keep all my Clemson stuff and just tell people that it faded out a little bit. There and you go. Good to go. Yeah, so now, now it's War Eagle all the way, right? Now, in what, yeah, what year What year were you here? Oh, I came in 18, yep. You came in 2018? Yeah. Okay, was that the big Was that the big hire on the, the cluster? That was, a, that was right in the middle, middle of, right yeah. Middle yeah. of yeah. Part of the energy cluster hire, yep. Yeah. Rock and roll. Well, um teaching classes your teacher absolutely i've never done this but i want to do this because uh rate my professor hmm. you ever check that thing out uh you know i did when i first started and uh it seemed like it wasn't as popular with the students as it used to be it was, so it, yeah you know, well we've got some recent rankings on oh, here yeah? for for mark hoffman oh hey i and like you to got, hear it. i mean we're talking one zero zero in a percent sign would take again. Nice. The kids, the rate my professor folks. Uh, oh, here's here's the here's the most recent. Great professor. He's chill, and cares about answering student questions. He moves a little fast, but Thermo Two has a lot of material, so that checks out. <laughs> I'm like, but it's I'll allow it. Uh, the amount of assignments, perfect, not overwhelming, and one of the best engineering professors I've ever had. There's four or five more. And they're almost identical. Well, what I want to know is, so, you know, I taught journalism a couple of years. So oh, you can gosh. dig and you can find me. Does he have a pepper? Oh, oh the are chili you, pepper rig? Are you kidding, Ooh, man? Hey, because I had a pepper You got on some my... peppers on there? <laughs> you got to see, no see if the Hoffs got peppers on there. I think I, they might have done away with the peppers. Oh, I that, that's maybe, probably what it was. Maybe that's actually. just what the guys that don't have any on there say. I didn't know you were a pepper man. Well, I mean, and how ridiculous anyway. No, I was pretty of, that's how hey, I we need chose to rank mine. your professor. Are they hot are or are they, they not? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's it's the important yeah, part. Yeah, I right? guess you know, so. I guess so. But, Maybe, you, but you know, I, I, after reading that, after talking with you for five minutes, I mean, this is exactly. I mean, I can see, I can see what they're they're getting at. I mean, you, a lot of a lot of professors. I mean, they're kind of more lab rat kind of folks, and they want to stay in there and everything. But I mean, you you you're involved. Uh, the formula. Uh, formula it go, goes right with yeah. that combustible engine, and, right? And uh, yeah, that that works out nice. Well, it used it used to could, right? The first, well, yeah, yeah. Now you have the electric car, yeah, right? First, yeah. first year I take over, the team boats to go electric, so it didn't really work out for me. But God, you know, just, we're we're learning though, yeah. just destroying those roads. <laughs> but uh, you know that program 
one, I mean, has had immense success over the years. You know, it was, you know, within the last 10 years, we won up in uh, Nebraska. Just been a great program. We've had several of those kids on this podcast and just listening to them and the experience that they gain in the basement of Wiggins Hall, working on those cars, you know, Again, Jeremy's philosophy. I was journalism. I, I worked at the Plainsman. That was my lab. You know, we were at we were in that lab every single day doing real journalism, and to watch these kids doing real work that that it, it's hey, it's live or die by your decisions. You know, they they're the ones doing the work. You're not doing it. You're providing them with the expertise, the advice. What does that do for you to see those kids have that have that motivation to to take on those projects? Man, man, I was worried when I took it over because it's a tremendous amount of work. But, uh, I mean, truly a student-run team and the just the drive and initiative those guys have is just incredible. Every year, I mean, a team is changing over constantly every year, and it's quite a crop of guys. I mean, they're donating tremendous gobs of time to make this happen. It is a yeoman's effort to try to design and build a car in one year and then try to go race it. And we're especially finding out the new challenges with doing it as an electric vehicle. It's uh, it's interesting. People look at the industry and they say, wow, moving to electric removed a lot of barriers to entry for some of these companies, so it must be really easy. Uh, not really. I mean, uh, there's ancient stories from War Eagle Motorsports past where they were bolting the engine on the car like the day before they mm-hmm. go to the race, and they were pretty confident it's going to go just fine. Right. And uh you know, doing the systems integration when you're working through problems, getting the battery management system to talk right to the motor controllers and have all that stuff work and just small communication problems in any electronics just hampers you. It's, uh, I mean, the tech inspection process is now the extra layers for the electric vehicle part are just insane. I mean, they're necessary from the safety perspective. They're necessary, but it's a tremendous amount of work. I mean, we've the circuit's been going for a while now on the electric fashion. And, I mean, last year there was 60 teams invited and, like, 35 showed up because the rest of them didn't get their cars built. By the time they got down to it, like, six cars actually raced because they made it through all the inspections. So now this year the, the field that actually raced had, like, tripled. But, you know, that's a slow climb yeah. to build up all of that institutional knowledge and all these teams to get this stuff going, so. It's exciting, though. I mean, when you got to worry about the hardest part of the job is how you're going to program the throttle in so you can keep the car on the track because it's got so much torque. So that's always a good time. That's awesome. Mark knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Sometimes a lot of these professors just kind of phone it in (laughs) on here, but mostly I just fake my way through it. Well, you're doing an incredible job. Yeah, exactly. You're doing really well. Um, Coming to Auburn, you know, from Clemson, from Michigan, I mean, are we special? Down here, I mean, do we have something in terms of resources, in terms of uh, culture? I mean, you know, there's mechanical engin- engineering's everywhere. Uh, but do we have, I mean, are we as special as we think we are? Uh, to be honest, yeah. Um, you know, I think I was I was in a meeting. Well, back when Chris Roberts was only the dean, I was in a meeting with a bunch of alumni. And uh, I mean, I remembered interviewing, reading the creed and i was looking at it as kind of a mission statement you know everybody's got a mission statement and it's always some bogus innovation yeah research synergy you know you're like oh yeah okay and then you get here and the culture of auburn is it's easily the best i've ever worked in it's incredible i mean um you've got different environments michigan is very do or die you know they'll they don't really care. You're kind of on an island and you're just doing your own thing. 
Um, you know, my experience at Clemson was very similar. You come to Auburn and it's just like, how can we help you succeed? What can we do to make sure that this is successful for everybody involved? And just living that culture has been, I mean, it's easily the best place I've ever worked in my life. So that's I can't a, complain. That's high praise. I mean, Michigan's a, Michigan's a really great institution. But like you said, great I mean, well, engineering institution. Boy, Wolverines are selfish, though. No, <laughs> I, I mean, you, I just, just you an Andy Griffith Show fan? I oh, bet yeah. you are. I knew oh, it. Yeah. I could tell. It was on at my grandfather's house every there time we'd we, come in from doing hay. So. There we go. Hey, so where where are you from? You went to Michigan. Where are you from originally? So I'm from upstate New York, a little really? little farm in town of about a thousand people. Well, and, how uh, about that? Grandfather had a farm. I'd spend the summers doing hay there, and uh, my family was butchers. So I worked in that from the time I was old enough to stand on a milk crate and help and through college. And well, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. What's your favorite NFL team? Ooh, see now that's a tough question. I was a kid that didn't have any cable television, so I I rooted for teams based off my favorite player. So I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan because I liked Mario Lemieux, and I was a Miami Dolphins fan because I liked Dan Marino. Uh, and then but where uh, did you live? How could you be a Dolphins uh, fan? It was terrible. It was terrible. I just got beat on all the time about it. That's for sure. <laughs> the the Giants fans and the Bills fans were going toe to toe, and then they just look at you and you're like. Dolphins, what? So yeah, just said, Jerry, if you if I'd have found this out, we'd have had to cancel this. I know, one. right? I, I know. That's why I knew he was. Well, <laughs> I will say I that I probably have the longest standing hatred of Nick Saban in the room, though. Oh, so, well, that's a mean point. He was he coached. I don't know. We we he was at LSU, LSU for, you know yes. beforehand. So, so he was at Michigan State. But Michigan State. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And so so we hated him then. Yeah. And then he went and destroyed my professional team, yes, and they have yet to recover. It's been like a decade, and now I'm at his arch rival school. So, I mean, maybe that's just the full circle go. we all need. Hey, right? how can you not hate that guy? Yeah, yeah. I love Mark. This is good. <laughs> Before well, we go, I'm, well, uh, well, I, I got. Uh, I want to know about the outdoor power. That's what I was about yeah, to okay. say. Okay, there you go. There, was, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Before, got me all choked up. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, yeah, the ag stuff. What do we? What do we? We doing heard that you are now the president of OPEC. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> co president, co conspirator, co president of OPEC. No, it's been uh, that's been a great experience. The collaboration with horticulture and Paul Bartley over there getting this off the ground. We we had noticed, uh, especially in spite of all these regulations coming out, different states, California leading the charge. Few Typical. No, few northeastern <laughs> states joining in. There's even some small communities in the southeast region that have basically banning the use of conventional outdoor power equipment. Really, and um, you know, you'll go to Lowe's and stuff, and the residential sector has really picked up on it. I mean, when you're looking around, and it's like, well, you know, I can just grab this, and it doesn't matter if my wife's on the phone with her mother, and I can, you know, run this string trimmer, and it won't disturb nobody, and everybody's really enjoying it. But when it comes to companies that have to use them all day long, there's been some resistance. So we basically started up a collaboration where we're working forward to figure out solutions to best uh, help these commercial landscaping companies make decisions that are logical and integrate these things into their fleet. And of course, they care. Turns out from some surveys that uh, my co-conspirator Paul had designed and sent out to the industry, I mean, they care most about how much work the, the equipment mm -hmm. can do. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, surprisingly to me, like cost was way down the list or whatever, but uh, so we're doing some very controlled and scientific assessments. We've made a bunch of protocols, got a lot of companies on board now where we're, we've even got uh, 
uh, Auburn's Landscape Services on board out there in front in Sanford. I don't remember which zone it is. I think it's zone one. Um, so we're doing heads up in use assessments year to year over year, comparing uh, energy consumption, utilization, total work allowed from the different equipment. So we can uh, supply that information out to different partners, both national and regional and help these folks along during this transitional period. So. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad we've got people here closer to home working on that. Uh, I recently in the past year bought, replaced a weed eater with a battery one. Ryobi. Uh, Ryobi. Yep. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, blower. Um, I think uh, bush shears. Yeah. I got, I got several of these. I quickly found out I needed more than one battery. Absolutely. I quickly realized that. And even with two batteries, just for the blower and just for the weed eater, I have to make sure they are 100% charged the night before, and I might just make it. And I don't live on acres and acres of land. So to me, hearing commercial companies being that being number one, that's my number one. I wasn't concerned on the money or whatever of Am I going to be able to do this without having to stop, power back up, you know, wait for it to charge? Because it takes a while for those batteries to charge. Absolutely. So it, it's it's great to see that we the, got people close to home working. The blowers are a particularly interesting use case. I hadn't put it together until I started um, working with uh, horticulture on this. And, I mean, when you're picturing our poor crews and the logistics of doing the landscape here when we have an academic mission and we've got to have classes and they got to be able to hear the professors. So, I mean, these guys are showing up to work, you know, hours before daybreak Mm -hmm. and things like blowing magnolia leaves off the sidewalk. Right. The blowers are super noisy and really loud. Um, The electric blowers are substantially less noisy and sometimes they can even be using them when classes are in session but they are an energy hog they're the hardest ones on the batteries by mm-hmm. far so it's just like when you're looking at lawnmowers you won't you won't find much for lawnmowers that are electric that have a bagger on them because uh, that yeah. extra power draw they don't want oh, so. right right yeah well um, and you got to have um, and you know for some of this stuff you know you see these guys with the blowers and they got the big old backpacks and it's got the handle you got to have the power to yeah. get some of this stuff off the concrete and some of these battery ones just, they're not gonna get they'll, that they'll sell you a backpack that's a whole battery now so. yeah <laughs> if you don't catch on fire wearing it you know <laughs> yeah i had a, a rocketeer i think they made a movie about that <laughs> right that's what it looks like sometimes. <laughs> uh mark i can't thank you enough for uh for joining us for taking the time Anytime. Um, I mean, again, I don't know. It's just nice. It's nice to know you, you work with people, capable people that know what they're doing. You don't get that a lot in our office sometimes. So, <laughs> so when, you, when, you, when you go out, when you go out and you, you get that. Uh, any Anything else on the horizon? Oh. Uh, research? I mean, OPEC, uh, outdoor power equipment. Did we actually say what the, the name was? Outdoor I, Power Equipment it, Consortium. Yeah. off. Outdoor Power Equipment Consortium. Yep. Okay. Yep. Landing okay. page will be up soon. Yep. So, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll have a story on it. You'll, you'll be able to read about it's it. It's going to be good. See it, so. Yeah. The other stuff, I mean, we got great activities going on with uh, Federal Transit Administration working on bus testing. We launched the directed research program with that here recently with my co conspirators there. And uh, we're actually working through trying to get a uh, research facility up that's large enough in scale to do those bus problems for you know, the federal money that's coming through to buy these electrified buses as well. So that's going to be a fun time. Dang gum. We're doing so much bus work around here. We've got the low node. We've had had our ISE folks working on safety of school buses, the work that they do out of NCAD. Mm -hmm. 
Talking about busting it. <laughs> Love it. Mark, thanks a ton. Yes. For taking the time and uh yeah, being awesome and everything. That's great. War Eagle. War Eagle. I appreciate you, War Eagle. You're listening to the hashtag getting podcast brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.